the figure of John the Baptist, like I was saying at the beginning of Mass, gets introduced every year on second Sunday of Advent for a particular reason. It's this kind of uh, shock, in a certain sense, to see this man, to experience this man, and what he was living, what he was proclaiming. And there's something that I want to really propose for you, and it's this, is that if you had encountered John, right, if you had encountered John and been around him, I bet you would actually like him. I bet you would like him. Now, this guy goes hard, as you can tell, right? He eats insects, he wears uncomfortable clothing, and he lives in the middle of nowhere. He goes hard, right? But I bet you would like him. And he says these intense things. You brood of vipers, spirit and fire, repent. He goes hard, but I bet you would like him. Why? Because John the Baptist had the privilege, real deep privilege, of having encountered the Lord, encountered the Lamb of God, his cousin, Jesus of Nazareth, of knowing this man. And also, in that experience, that experience and that preparation, right, that preparation of knowing the Lord and of being the last prophet in the line of the Old Covenant, changed him, made him more true, made him more himself. And the second thing is this, is that he believed what he said. There are very few people in our lives that we meet that believe what they say. For example, you're going through a rough time, there's some kind of trial in your life, and the person says in front of you, oh, it's going to be okay. <laughs> they don't believe it at all right? No, what they're subtly saying is, I want to avoid this conversation as much as I can and leave you right now, because I don't believe that what I just said. We make very few people in our life that believe what they say. When we do meet somebody that believes what they say and says it with the conviction that comes from experience and affirmation of their experience, we're attracted to that. We're attracted to them. I mentioned this other thing about John the Baptist, the figure of John the Baptist, is that something in him was changed. What was changed? His humanity. His humanity was changed. This man knew who he was. He was himself. We meet very few people in our lives that are themselves. It's like that Irish phrase when you refer to somebody, himself. I take that as a compliment, not as a derogatory term, but... We meet very few people in our lives that are themselves. And when we do, we're curious. We want to know. We almost just want to be around them because we hope that the glow of them being themselves will somehow wash on to me. He was himself. So those two things I want us to keep in mind. He, knew, he believed what he said and he was himself. Why is this important for us, especially in Advent? Because it contextualizes and gives us one aspect of the understanding of the proclamation he's saying. Repent. He is coming. Awake, O sleeper. He is coming. Be ready. Be ready. John's readiness looked like something. John's readiness looked like something. 
The proposal of Christ and of his church is not that you be wearing uncomfortable clothing all the time, although some of you might do well to do that (laughs) once in a while. Anyway, or eat insects or do any of that necessarily. But what the proposal is, is that you allow yourself to become yourself. And what gets in the way of that? What gets in the way of you becoming true to how you're made? Sin. Sin. Error. Wounds. Traumas. These places, these things, are obstacles for allowing us to be brought into the truth and the depth and the goodness of our nature. Why do I put it in this way? What is the Savior love? What is the Savior love? Actually, I just want somebody to raise their hand. What is, the, what is Jesus love? What do you think? What do you, who do you think Jesus loves? What do you think he loves? What do you think he most wants? Relationships? Relationships? That implies something. It means he loves something in those relationships. What do you think he loves in those relationships? People. Jesus loves humanity. He wants you. He came to be a savior, not a proposer of rules, and not a proposer, right, of some kind of equation that you're meant to follow. He's a savior of humanity, a.k.a. you. He wants you. He made your humanity. He loves it. It's good. So when John is proposing repentance, he's saying, look, there are these things that the Savior wants to change in you, to heal in you, to build up in you, to raise up in you. Allow him to do it. Allow him to do it, and you will become more you. More you. That's our side of the benefit. That's our side of the benefit. And that leads to this thing called justice. Another way of putting it is right relationship. Right relationship. There are things in our life that are good in and of themselves, and made by the Lord and given as gifts by the Lord. But for whatever reason, in our lives, we all have this experience where they get put at the at the center. What John the Baptist is proposing is he's saying, look, that thing that is good and given by God is meant to be a help to you, not to be God itself. Allow it to be decentered and put to the side, not destroyed, not harmed, not shamed, but just put to the side and allow him to come into your life. Allow him to come. That's what repentance looks like. Allowing ourselves to be seeing God in the center and to being attracted, attracted to the Lord. So the second point about it, that is this. When the Lord comes into the center with this repentance, what does John say? What does John say? I'm baptizing with water for repentance. But the one that comes after me, Jesus, his cousin, will baptize with spirit and fire. Spirit and fire. What does this indicate? That the only thing you need to do is say yes. Why? 
our repentance, our growth into ourself, our allowing of our heart to grow into its full stature and freedom is not an effort that we can do on our own. It's not even primarily our own effort. It doesn't start with us even. The Lord wants to give a gift. He wants to give a gift. What is the gift he wants to bring? The spirit and fire. He wants to bring an, into your life, embrace your humanity, and then welcome you into his divinity. In other words, in order to be yourself, to become the full stature of who you are, you need to become like God. That's a tall order. But he never meant you to do the heavy lifting. He doesn't give you a playbook. He gives you himself. That's why John is so intensive here. Welcome him. Welcome him. He is coming. Jesus wants you simply to receive his love. The Savior wants you to recognize that he's for you. And the thing is this. Going back to John the Baptist, what's the one thing that we notice about him? He was supremely quirky, right? He had these interesting aspects of his personality and his character, right? This guy was intense, right? There's many of you here that are like that. All right, not, nothing? Okay, cool, fine. All right. <laughs> But these aspects of his personality, these quirks, these unique points, when he met the Lord, it's not like these were driven away. These weren't destroyed. He didn't become a cookie cutter something. This man became more himself. John became more intense after the encounter with the Lord. So it is with us. What you have in your heart, what your personality is, what you love, what you need, what you hope for, how you express things, those things are not going to change substantially when you encounter the Lord. You become more you, more free, more yourself, more unique and unrepeatable and loved. You realize these things. It's beautiful. The only thing that changes is that you grow in charity. How you express things grow in charity, but the content or the method by which you do it doesn't change. The Lord loves you. He made your personality. The Savior comes to set you free. And being set free has a human aspect. So, my friends, what is the whole proposal here with the figure of John the Baptist and awaiting the coming of the Savior, of Jesus? Simply this. This repentance... This repentance of sin that John the Baptist is calling for and the Lord is calling for leads to your own growth, your own humanity. There's a human benefit. There's a human benefit. The easiest thing to do in life is to give in to something that's beautiful. The easiest thing in life is to give in to something, someone who loves you. The hardest thing is to resist. That's where trial comes in. Resistance is what feels bad, not the giving into beauty. Even though John the Baptist comes with this intensity, and you were in front of him, you would have been attracted. You would have been attracted. You would have wanted to follow him. 
And you would have wanted to wait for him who came with, bat, with fire 